Welcome to the Jamspot podcast. I'm Henry. And I'm Phil. And basically, this is a podcast designed to speak to music industry professionals about the thrills and spills of their occupation and beyond. Uh, we'll be covering things like things self-doubt. It can be things to do with funny stories, sad stories. It can be anything. And basically, yeah, that's what we're about. All shared over a gin. Over a gin, indeed. Which, which I've finished. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, guys. Bonjour. Hello. We are here today with uh, Katie Coleman. Ching, ching. Yes. How are and you today, Katie? You all right? I'm good. Now I've got a gin. Yeah. Should we do a yes, cheers? Yes, we are at the gin street yeah. today. Let's, cheers. Uh, cheers. Oh, wait, yeah. hang on. I'm going to reach over and do this. Yeah. Right, there we go. Bunk. Oh, oh, no Try not to break any cheers. glasses. There we go. Cheers. And this, I don't know what gin this is. Did they tell us? Uh, a pink gin and tonic, I believe. Perfect for me. I've got little raspberries in it. It's nice, huh? So just on the uh, the topic of gin, we should yes. know where we are. We are at the Gin Street in Oxted, so we uh, have to thank Andrew and David for that uh, really lovely establishment we're within. Yeah, it's lovely. And um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Nice little places, eh? This Bougie. is a nice little spot. Yeah, nice little find. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, yeah, so as mentioned, we've got Katie Coleman here today. Now, I've known Katie for, what, nearly... Nine years? Ten years. It'll be Nearly almost ten, ten years. years. If not longer, you know. If not longer. Yeah. It's come yeah. up a while. But obviously, there will be people out there that don't know who you are. Mm. So I'm just going to list a few things of Go how on, I Phil. would describe you and what you do. Okay. So number one, vocalist extraordinaire is, is, the, is, is the main thing I, I think of when I think of Katie. Um, but she was also on The X Factor in 2015 mm -hmm. uh she is a current contestant on the voice uk is that right yeah the voice uk 2023 2023 baby. that's where we are um she is the lead singer in the alley cats um which i have something to do with we'll get into that later um <laughs> songwriter you write your own songs yeah yeah and you're also a top liner for for a few djs yeah. um what what kind of stuff yeah do you I, yeah that's just you know Tickle in the surface, yeah. but no, I work with different DJs and I've worked with a lot of songwriters and co writing along the years. Um, so Leon Taro was probably one of my most recent releases, Higher, go check that out. And then prior to that was Keenan Waters, another DJ. So they're predominantly the artist featuring Katie Coleman, mm -hmm. um, and they might be like, Here's the track, write to it. And then we'll do that. Um, I worked with Alvin Anthony recently, um, although he's based in Miami, so he would be like Alvin Anthony. Um, Miami. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then again working with just my friends, which is it feels like not work at all. Yeah. Mm, so okay, obviously yeah. different writers and different producers like Marky, mm -hmm. known as Beauty's Music. He's top writer and obviously we that's how we met wasn't it phil just yeah, writing yeah. and stuff yeah i mean like i said we, we've known each other for yeah roughly sort of 10 years so i remember you came down from darlington darlington i yeah. never asked how you met yeah, yeah so never, never asked i it. feel like we've told you surely on a, on a drunken stupor that's the thing <laughs> i don't remember when i'm drunk so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's a mutual friend of ours yeah. who was managing you at the time yes um and he just kind of come to me and said i've got a singer um yeah who's looking to do some gigs in London, do you fancy doing some gigs as yeah. a guitarist? And I was, yeah, up for it. Nice. Um, <clears throat> at which point we started doing some gigs in Camden. Yeah. Uh, Hawley Arms. I Pretty much every single oh, venue. I know the Hawley Arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hawley Arms, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we um, had a little residency in there. And at the time, 
um, I think I was 19 or just turned 19. So I was like, oh my God, it's Amy Winehouse's haunt. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So to I get know what that. You mean, yeah. I suppose that, that must have been quite a, was that quite a big thing for you, sort of coming down from Darlington at that sort of quite young age, really, to come down on your own, not really know anyone? Yeah. How was that? Um, I think since I was about 14 or 15, when I would come to London and visit with my parents, we would often just nip into like a live music venue. And because I was with my mum and dad at the time, they weren't so strict about my age and stuff. So I would just go into these venues and watch the musicians and love it. And then that was 14, 15, 16, 17. And I'd do that for years and then come down for gigs, come down for writing and, and production and stuff. Um, so it was kind of like the, it, it, it was inevitable it was going to happen. I was going to get down there just because as a Northern girl, the city life, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, ew, living the London life. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, I just knew it, it was what I wanted yeah. and I didn't think about it. I just went for it. And I think having the luxury, because it, it is a luxury having the support of your parents, yeah, yeah. Mm. they were like all right then, if you're going to do it, you might as well. Because yeah. um, I think, I actually knew you when I was 18, Phil. Yeah. Because I remember having a drag queen at my 18th birthday party and telling you about it in the next week of the writing session. Yes. And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. Um, so, yeah, it was a big move, a bit daunting, but it's just crazy how time flies because hindsight, looking back, I realised that I was just unapologetically confident, I think, mm -hmm. mm. in just thinking, right, I'm here. I'm just going to go for it. Like, let's see where it goes. Yeah. You know, a broke, broke young girl. <laughs> yeah. the Typical musician, you know, and I was just mm. going to all the open mic um, nights and stuff like that. It's funny, isn't it? Because, like, for you, was it, I imagine it was really daunting, but was it a case of, was there anxiety about that or was it more that you were like, it, what I'm trying to say is, like, was it kind of like <clears throat> the music is taking me there, I need to go there, so I'm going to have to do it whether yeah. I like it or not kind of thing? Yeah, I think there was a bit of both, but there was yeah. an element of this is where I've got to be. And, yeah. you know, it's just the hub. It feels like the hub of music. Yeah. Um, I know there's Manchester and there's other cities that are great, but I just was like, right, this is where the music's leading me. I've, yeah. I've got to go for it. Mm -hmm. And I thinking now I do love that almost naivety or not naivety, but you know what I, I mean? Just mean, that, yeah. that yeah. confidence to just be saying, right, I'm going down there mm. um, and not worrying about, what's going to happen when it's going to happen or whatever that when is and yeah there was a bit of anxiety but i didn't realize it then it was more just apprehension and nerves and just what is going to be out there for me do you know yeah. what i mean yeah um but yeah i think outside the outside world especially with like me mom and my parents and my friends from back home they must have thought what the hell are you doing like you're 19 and just doing it on your own. I think we've all had that, haven't we? Yeah. yeah but <laughs> Advice against. When you feel like it's you've got to go and make the move or yeah, yeah. for anyone in, in whatever career you're doing or whatever space you want, you just yeah, feel yeah. like if I've got to be in a certain place, you don't think about how you're going to do it. You just do it, mm. um, which I admire about that Katie then. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the Katie Coleman of 18, 19 moving mm. down here is a very different person to the Katie Coleman of now? Oh, yeah. Henry was like, yeah, I like that question. I think I'm the same, but I think all the experiences slightly, they change you a little bit in terms of how you deal with things and like knockbacks and um, 
well, just going through personal things as well, relationships, family, mm, loss yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like that kind of, um, not this being therapy, <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, that naivety, that kind of excitement, that kind of like, I'm just going to not give a shit and just go for it and be excited mm. Um, mm. does get a little bit, tarnished because the yeah. music industry we were talking about this the other day actually that it humbles you you know it what does. i mean yeah, yeah. and so sometimes yeah. that kind of buzz can go yeah. um so i definitely don't feel exactly the same i feel the same katie but mm. things have it's just molded things differently yeah i i think that's if you know what i mean i mean for from for me personally mm. um i think that's quite a natural thing anyway because right. when you jump into anything especially music like it seems such um a grand kind of yeah show to, business yeah, showbiz yeah. you know Exciting. traveling you know writing recording it sounds so glamorous yeah but when you actually get into it and you start to realize actually going to recording studio <clears throat> In a dingy... In, in a dingy, yeah, little, you know... <laughs> studio just, somewhere. Yeah, studio somewhere in, in North London or wherever it is. It's not quite the glam that you think it is going to be when you're yeah. like... Yeah, I've been, I've been in studios there. before where you got in there and you, you go out with like some kind of illness. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean, genuine. And like, you don't really well, rehearsal studios that. are like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're renowned yeah. for being like names, that. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> yeah. some where it's just awful, isn't it? So, I mean, I think there's an element to everyone that possibly that probably thinks... This isn't isn't quite what I thought it was, but yeah. I yeah. don't think those experiences necessarily make it a worse experience no. or a uh, career for you. It just kind of moulds you a little bit, and it maybe tapers your expectations of yeah. Of and your perspective on things changes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, for instance, like if what I'm trying to say, like going to a little rehearsal studio in the middle of nowhere in Camden, like in this tiny little, you would get excited about that then. And oh, yeah. now it's like, okay, I've been and done that. Mm. Um, and you're thinking, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm. And Is there an element yeah. always chasing your tail? Like always trying to go for the next big thing? I think I think there's always elements mm. of that, as, even as musicians. Like you're like, well, mm. who's the next person I can play a bass for? Or who's the next person I can yeah. get on a festival with? It, in the industry, gigging musicians, it's like that anyway. Yeah. But I would be, I would definitely hate to think that I hadn't changed. I mean, you change anyway, growing yeah. up personally. Evolve, right? right, and also mm. as you get older, <laughs> not that I'm that old, ew. Um, but as you do get older and a little bit more wiser things and just your experiences make you yeah. a bit more aware, um, yeah. naturally your um, how you take people in the industry changes mm. and you think, yeah, I can see right through you. Yeah, yeah. Or mm, I can see right through this this opportunity or uh, I realise what I've got to do in this situation. Or yeah. like showing yeah. up to a gig and there's a load of depths on it and... It's the first time you've also sang at this venue and with these musicians. But that's it's how like, we met. That's how we met. But you've yeah. got to just go for it and think, right, mm. I am, I'm here. So yeah, well, yeah. you took control. Take every, exactly, you've got to take yeah. control. And mm. whatever, all that experience you've had since you're 18 or 17, 16 gigging, yeah. it's like, it leads you to that moment. And you think, yeah. right, just got to go for it. You just, it mm. The music industry is like that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's like when you, um, when you play all the, the smaller shows, mm. especially when you're younger. And you have bad sound, you have things go wrong. Because obviously smaller venues are harder to, you know, whatever. But 
you go to a, a bigger stage and something goes wrong, but you can deal with it as a result. Do you find that? Yeah, I think so. I think that comes with experience yeah. and time spent in the industry. That's like your homework, your groundwork. Mm. It's like your apprenticeship, um, isn't it? It's 100%. Yeah. You have to be in this game for the long run. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It, it can be like this. It can go up and down. It's, mm. it's a roller coaster because, you know, one good opportunity might open another opportunity yeah, yeah. but that might fall through so yeah. yeah it's a complete roller coaster but i'm here and we're here yeah <laughs> surviving just about <laughs> i'll drink to that so um so yeah talking about opportunities obviously i mentioned before you was on the x factor mm. in 2015 yeah so i think again I'd, i've probably known you for about a year or so well i was 20 21 i was 21 so. when it when i did it yeah just turned 21 and how was how was that? Because obviously that led to a few other bigger gigs, yeah. really, didn't it? Yeah, I think at the time um, I decided to go on X Factor because there was a, a felt what felt like a lull in my career, even though I was writing and working with people and going to different networking events, and I had management as well, and I, I was loving that and. Um, yeah, that was all great, but it's still that young kind of yeah. like hopeful artist in you that thinks, oh my God, this is my opportunity. I might as well just go for it because I feel like nothing else is happening, mm. even though other things were happening and I just went for it. Um, and at the time, oh, I was anxiety riddled. That was the first mm. time that I really thought, yeah, no, um, this is shit scary. Yeah. Are we allowed yeah. to swear on this podcast, yeah, by the way? Yeah, what's, what's the situation I mean, that? come on, we're on it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. At some point. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't like, dropped any bombs yet. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um, yeah, I was absolutely shit scared. And I didn't realise that until like getting right on that stage yeah. and realised, oh, okay, this is Mind it. Mind you, that is a nerve-wracking thing, you know, especially knowing that the cameras are there. Yeah. You've got a, a live audience that are and all expecting your... you to deliver mm -hmm. something. All your family are there. Because it was yeah. also yeah. in um, Manchester Arena as well. This wasn't just like an in-room audition. Yeah. It was like your first audition was... Yeah. yeah. That's intense, huh? It is intense. Yeah. yeah. And you've got all the judges looking at you. What's scarier, the arena or the judges? Um, definitely the judges. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. because I was doing <laughs> I gigs. So. Well, so on my actual first audition, I got very emotional mm. because of just the reaction. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the actual X Factor experience, um, when you're in it, you're just going for it. You're yeah. just keeping going for each round. You're just doing what you can to get through. Mm. But um, I realise now they treated as like cattle really that's how i felt oh really yeah so i got through to boot camp and then i got through mm. to the six chairs ew i don't know why i feel so cringy about it now but mm. it doesn't it is what it is um Own it. and <laughs> right yeah because it was just an experience and mm. i but at the time i thought no this is it this is not just an experience an opportunity this is this is it this is going to make me this and mm. that and yeah, yeah. you know it's just not how it works um so yeah i got through to boot camp and i just felt like they treated you like cattle there was a lot of um they just there was no wasn't a lot of care um for the contestants mm. and there was a lot of exploitation but you know i wouldn't i don't regret it because i don't want to live my life with regrets but there was definitely a lot of coercion and like fixing things and mm. um and you ha obviously you had to get into groups at the boot camp and i just happened to have the um, comedy act. Oh, <laughs> he, <right>. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
or he was just in there for the show. He was just there to kind of just be on TV. Yeah. And actually, yeah, yeah. he did what he set out to do, bless him. He's he's actually a funny guy. And, mm. you know, if I saw him today, I'd get on with him. I think it... Shall I name names? Yeah. <laughs> name drop all yeah, name No, no, no. Do you know yeah, Ryan Rutledge? I can't say I remember. I, I can't say I remember. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know. He was he was actually brilliant TV. Well. It just so happened that he was in my group because I, yeah, yeah. sing- I was the single girl, then he was the boy, and then there was an older category, and then there was um, the groups as yeah. well. Mm. So yeah, he was in my, he was like sl- dropping on the audition and like all the focus was on that. And right. it was just so funny, but you know, looking back, it, he was great TV. But at that moment I was like, this is my moment. Like, why yeah. are you ruining it? Like why? Yeah, yeah. I was just so riddled with anxiety. I remember um, they'd give you a song as well to practice and they wouldn't give you like an itinerary really for the day. It was kind of like, be ready really. for this time. And so I would go to the toilet and I'd text mm. my mom. I'm like, mom, I can't do this. She's like, hang in there. And I'd just be like, no, I can't do it because I, I just, my, my heart's going to come out of my chest. And at the time, I didn't realise what that was. But yeah. I realised now it was just pure anxiety. Um, mm. Was there as much awareness then? Huh? Do, you think, do you think there was much, uh, as much awareness? I know that it was probably on the there cusp There was, of there was, but it wasn't um, like, there wasn't like a psychologist that I spoke to or yeah, I didn't feel yeah. like there was an, a care, like an act team, like there is um, on The Voice. I was going to say, so how does that sort of compare to... Currently. Yeah, as we're filming, uh, The Voice is currently on TV. Yes. Um, so how how does that compare, like, the two experiences? How, how do they compare? Um, there's no comparison, really, because, one, I'm older now. Mm. Like, I'm... Yeah, I'm older now. So my mindset is different, and I see this opportunity as different, and... It does cringe me out a little bit that I've like I've been on the X Factor and now I'm doing the voice, mm. but it's different now. I have to see it more like as a complete platform. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of the things that it used to have quite a stigma attached to it. Yeah, I know. You know, I was in right? the X Factor on the voice, and I still feel a bit of that and though. Yeah, I think because it's a, it's a manufactured show, and mm. that, you know they're trying to mould you into yeah. what they want. There is that feeling of you're losing a little bit of your credibility or like right. your. Mm. It's that right you there. You know, and I think that's that's maybe where the stigma comes from. But now I don't think it's as much of an issue because because no. it, it's been around for so long yeah. now. You know, there's so many contestants have gone through it and they've, they've all probably got little bits from it here and there. Mm. You know, even like the comedies like you just spoke about, he would have gone and got... Yeah, he won so, a big brother and did well, you know. Well, well there you go. So it, that's open doors to... to yeah. say he maybe don't didn't get, start off. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. Like off the back of The X Factor, I ended up going on tour with James Arthur. Which was quite cool. That must have been amazing. Yeah, yeah that was quite cool. It was um, so it's just me and Jerome, our mm. lovely Jerome, our friend, oh, our keys Jerome. player, and we just did acoustic set, and I just did like half an hour, forty minutes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, that was brilliant. We did the auto academies and stuff. That was that was good fun. Amazing. Um, and it's so funny now because the, like the musicians that were on his band in his band then like i've it's been like a full circle moment i've done gigs with them yeah. now years mm, later yeah. and it's like oh hang on i recognize so it's funny how how that works but mm. that was a really good opportunity and then off the back of that i had a music video out and i worked with um like a management and marketing team from Talyard and so yeah good things came from it but the actual experience itself i was like oh my gosh mm. no so what made you want to do the voice at this specific time why did you think right now's the time to do something like that and how did it come about? Was you approached or? Um, yeah, so they do 
scout you. They do scout a lot of them because it's TV. They're making a TV program at the end yeah. of the day. So yeah. they do want to have good people. Mm. Um, so I think over lockdown, they asked me and I, I said no. Because um, lockdown was just like a really shit time for musicians anyway. Mm. And that was when like my mental health. But it did. It was like, ooh, took a bit of a mm. decline. I was like, yeah. this is, how can I ever do music again? Mm. It's completely th- catastrophizing. But no, no, but I, I felt the same. Yeah, I think a lot of musicians probably so, thought, where do we yeah. go from here? Yeah. 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 So I feel like, I mean, we can get into that, but that was the time when they asked me and I said no. So that was a long time ago. And yeah. then um, I'd kind of just had a lot of distractions after having gone on tour with James Arthur and then having the music video out and then doing gigs and we set up the Alley Cats, we set up the function band and everything. Mm. And so I was doing that. That was kind of like my main priority. Mm. And then I was like focusing on other little things like samba, dancing, like friends and just, I feel like my focus got distracted. So I felt like I was in a bit of a like plateau for a, a while. And well, as you know, um, and then something happened where my friend, my best, best, best friend was like, listen, I'm going to come to London. I need a change. We're going to move in together. So I had the best time of my life mm-hmm. with George. And um, he was a drag queen and famous and that's that's a whole other thing. But he was like, um, would you not think about doing the show, The Voice or something like that? You Come on, sis, you ain't got nothing to lose, you know. He was like, bitch, you haven't had a track out in Lages, you're just working with these DJs. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, rude. Um, but then they, <laughs> yeah, but then they approached me and funny enough, the guy that approached me was on X Factor the same year that I was. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, That's or something like that. And then he was like, just see how it goes, just hear them out. And I would, because I was just, scarred I think from my ex-active experience in 2015 yeah, I was yeah. like yeah no it's not for me like I'm doing big, bigger gigs I'm do, get got better connections I felt like I didn't need it mm. um but then I was like well that's just my ego talking because what have I really got mm. to lose and mm. it could there's you know I've got more to gain than anything especially when people know that it's not really like mm. it's not so taboo anymore so yeah they scouted me yeah, yeah. and they were really um thorough about everything and really just making sure that I was on board with everything That's good. and then so I said bugger it I'm gonna do it I did a couple of zoom meetings with them which was really weird and this is like over a year ago yeah and things were all over zoom and yeah stuff out computer yeah. and yeah, this was over a year ago and it was in the summer. I remember it being really hot because I remember having a joke with the producer that I've got a fan right in my face. <laughs> and I just sang a cappella to them. They loved it. They said, do you want to go for it? I said, yeah. All we'll oh, right, so you did like a bit of an audition on Yeah, so online. it was basically like, we like you. Let's have a chat, pick a song. It's super informal. It's really casual. And it really was. It was with the producer, um... I think, or it was, it was just like people before like the deciding factor, yeah, we yeah, want yeah. her on the show. Yeah. Um, so I'd done like two of those, super chill, super casual. And they were like, right, the next thing is actually come into office and see you and have a sing song. And it's going to be filmed, but only for us to watch back. And then that was it. My life just, was in. I was in turmoil because I said, I'm not doing this because my friend... Yeah. died he passed yeah. away mm. and obviously we were living together and that was a whole 
and that is a whole debacle still i'm still emotionally dealing with that but that was when i I just said yeah nah no you're not i'm not doing this i don't need to do this because it was just the straw that brought the camels back for me um especially with everything everything that was happening before well not happening i felt like with music and then that happened and i was just like oh for fuck's sake this is just not what i need yeah and um which sounds crazy and yeah i just didn't even think about it but the producer which was really lovely um and she just said katie she called me on a private phone on a personal phone she's like katie i can't believe what you're going through i know what it must be like Mm. and um we'll get back to you in a month do what you need to do and i said yeah okay whatever (laughs) but i just thought yeah i'm not gonna do it and then um I slowly I was I was dealing with the I was going through a lot it, the grief like that I'd never I'd never dealt with mm-hmm, yeah. um I completely didn't want to listen to music I didn't want to sing I, I didn't know how I could sing um let alone do something like the voice where it's, you're on shore um to millions of people dealing yeah, with yeah. this and you have to be on shore <laughs> of course you do yeah yeah of course yeah so yeah, and then they got back to me after a little while and they said, look, why don't you take it round by round? You don't have to come into the offices. We want you on the show. Mm. And I was like, what? So you mean I just go straight to a blind audition? They were like, yep, just because yeah. we want you, but we obviously know it's a really tough time at the moment. And so, yeah, I filmed The Voice while going through mm. all that shit, mm. basically. And it's so the hard. hardest, the hardest thing I've had to mm. deal with. Um yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, let's, it's, it's um, a lot. It's, it is a lot. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we've we've spoken about this before. Um, me and you having being a performer, um, mm. especially a front woman or front man, a singer, where you're yeah. fronting a band or you're trying to sell yourself, you do kind of have to be two people, because to yeah. to the public and people that are coming to see you. They just expect a show and like right. smiles and doesn't matter dancing. what you've got going on. Doesn't matter, you know. And in your obviously in your personal life, you 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 maybe don't want to be like that at all. No. So it does become a very difficult balance of who who am I today? I imagine that's quite a uh, conflicting thing within yourself to to go to a gig and be like, yeah, this is yeah. I've got to be pumped up for this, knowing that you've got all this stuff going on in the background and. But nobody would ever know. Yeah, mm. and that's and that is a musician. That's why I feel like creatives and musicians we do struggle a lot internally and don't really speak about it that much because we all are unsure. Like, yeah, you know, you got yeah. two kids at home and, and they're ill, and your wife's ill, or and mm-hmm. but you've got to go do a gig tonight, and it's with a big artist, and you've got to be on no matter what. But yeah. it's exactly the same. Every gig that we do, it's yeah. it, you. I'm putting on, and I do think. There is a massive part of that, though, in the showbiz world and music industry. Mm. Um, you have to put on that brave face. Yeah. And, yeah, that's exactly what I did with The Voice. And that's yeah. exactly what I do anyway. I do think there is a certain persona <coughs> that I have when I'm on stage. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if it's like a Sasha Fierce, but I do think it's like an elevated... It's like Katie Coleman. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The yeah. star, the singer. The like I do, I just else? like... Do you know what I mean? Look, the shoulders going. I just, mm, I just turn it on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you find something within yourself, right? Like an exaggerated yeah. part of a part of yourself. Yeah, to... it's not that I'm different. Yeah, yeah. That is who I am. It's just 
an proper exaggerated yeah no, that makes now. sense that makes complete sense yeah and do you find you've kind of developed that more since obviously we we started the alley cats band um what, maybe seven years ago something like that is it that long yeah is yeah that maybe long? something like that um <laughs> time flies when you're having fun yeah it does yeah <laughs> apparently um but yeah do, do you find you that that's kind of come out more in you since we've been doing that because obviously it's a it's a wedding function band you know and we started Definitely. off quite small, you know, just like a lot of other bands do. Yeah. And then gradually, over the years, we've really ramped up and we've started doing some really yeah. high-profile gigs and stuff like that. Name and Phil. Name drop. Uh, Go on. So, yeah, so we've played for Heineken. people like Microsoft, Heineken, Peugeot, Volkswagen, Amex, Ted, Ted Baker. Baker. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we've, we've done industry retail awards. Um, you know, lots lots of different things. Um, and it's been great, you know, been abroad, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot. Name of, the countries, Phil. Name, name the, the countries. countries. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully there'll be more of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, do you, do you find that that side of the showman in you has come out more since doing that? Definitely. Or do you feel like... I definitely think that that has been more prominent over the years. It's, it's naturally come out like that because I realised that in the beginning, I was still feeling like the artist doing a gig like I would want to do original stuff or yeah, yeah. but I realized that nine times out of ten when you're doing these weddings and functions they don't have a they don't care who you are and what you've done mm. and what you're working on and mm. what song you're writing and when you, your new tracks no. coming out they just have booked you for their wedding yeah and they want to show they yeah. want entertainer yeah, of course. and there's a difference isn't there being like an artist and an entertainer yeah mm. I, I, think. I think there is mm. what do you yeah, hundred percent. I think even um, I I know this from it's a different perspective for me. So like when I'm doing a session for someone, mm. there's a certain way you sort of tend to act mm. when you're doing when you're involved in a band or like some kind of ensemble of some sort. It's it, you have a different approach. You're more outlandish, right? Do you know what I mean? It's that sort. Of, I guess that's more the entertainer side. But for a session, it's a different thing because you're in the background. It's all about them at mm -hmm. the front. Mm -hmm. You're just playing parts, right? Yeah. So I think maybe it's a similar thing. And with the wedding bands, we, you know, it tends to be just like have a load of fun. We're entertaining, and yeah. so exactly we. So yeah, it has definitely come out more. So I think we. You said this the other day. You were like, you've definitely come on in terms of that. But just because it's just comes with experience as well. Mm. I'd say the first year or two, you're just knowing the ropes. You're just getting to know what yeah. the function world is like when you first get into it. It's a bit yeah. scary at first, isn't it? It's a weird, it's a yeah, whole yeah. different ball game than... Takes a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I realised that, like, that is... Being a gigging musician, that's just life, isn't it? You have your artist stuff there and yeah. you have your gig life there yeah. and your band yeah, there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it has come out massively the last few years mm. to the point where I'm like, ugh, I cringe myself out sometimes, but the audience will might love yeah, it. Does, it, does like it help it. you with your own stuff, though? When you're doing artsy I've, stuff? I definitely think it's helped me in terms of my performance. Yeah. Even though I've always been like a performer at heart and my vocal ability, it's probably just, it just gets better and better because the more you do course, it, the yeah. more you use it, the, yeah. the better. Um, and yeah, it's like almost practice for mm. big arenas. Yeah. Putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Booking's available. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some of your um, sort of, more standout memories or Ooh. you know things that you've done at gigs or gigs that you've done that have kind of really stood out to you for, for either good or bad reasons I was going to say the ones that are coming to me are bad reasons yeah it's no, weird to be isn't fair, it? I, I like <laughs> I like doing the weddings but 
the corporates is a different ball game is because you've yeah. got a bigger venue a massive audience a different clientele yeah. they look after you a little bit more as well yeah. some of the food <laughs> you, sorry do you know what i mean <laughs> no no that's all i'm thinking about <laughs> no but isn't it true like um so the one we did recently, actually, that that's probably most prominent. Yeah. At the monastery, I mean, what a venue yeah, that was! Amazing, yeah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And that was that was for Heineken, mm-hmm. and they teamed up with um, a charity, and that was the marmalade stuff like that. Marmalade trust. Marmalade trust. Stuff like that is what stands out. But to be honest, it's more like the gigs that don't go to plan. Yeah, <laughs> and we've had a few. Of those, yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting PA systems, also like, mind, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it can be like the little things. So, I remember the first little thing that really, um, well, no, there's loads of little things, but I remember being on doing a wedding or doing at a stage and like my dress got caught on Phil's guitar. Oh, yeah, and I was like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Yeah. Or that's happened like, a few times with like your hair and stuff. Oh, stuff. yeah, guitar is <laughs> just stuck on Katie's head. Oh, yeah, there's, always, oh, gonna get out of this. <laughs> there's always mishaps. <laughs> Um, or you've got lipstick on your teeth or on your chin the whole gig and someone hasn't told you. Rude. Yeah. Um, or my boobs falling out at gigs. Has happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. oh, yeah. But you know what? When I'm in that moment, I'm just like, ah, whatever, you style it out. <laughs> you don't care, do you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've full-on fallen off stage before and it just doesn't bother me. When, when you're there, it's fine. Afterwards, well, you think, Jesus, that happened. Exactly. But you know what I mean? Definitely, like, I've definitely tripped. I remember posing fallen. for a photo once and falling straight off the end of the stage. <laughs> I just got up and took a bow and carried I just, on. Yeah, did like <laughs> Dave Grohl break your leg and just get back on stage in yeah, the chair. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's to be fair, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty, epic, pretty yeah. rock and roll. You've got to style it, it out. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, and then, what other ones have been, well, there's, there's a few, there's always a few. Um, the b- bridezilla, oh God, it's terrible of me talking like this, but like, you know, if someone is... Difficult. A little bit more difficult, yeah. A little yeah. bit more difficult, Picky. and and or you've done you've you've done four hours, and they just we'll do another hour. It's like yeah, oh, it's not as easy more. as that. Mm. Um, or when you've got a dep. So for people that don't know, a deputy, a stand in, mm. um, and they don't turn up say till the second set, yeah. or that because that's happened before. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they don't know any of the tunes. I still don't know any yeah, of the, the tunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still learn the tunes like before. No, I don't really. Yeah, I, I, I practice the, them and rehearse them. Book the us now. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the depth thing is quite uh, an interesting gig in itself. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Because turning up as a depth, it's very hard actually, and especially when you're... Mm. Um, it was scary at first. Especially when you're joining yeah. sort of quite an, a, a tight-knit band yeah. like we are. Yeah. Um, obviously, most of our members, we've, we've used all along. Yeah. Um, so as as we're more friends than sort of yeah, yeah. first than, than musicians after, yeah. yeah, which is which is actually what I enjoy about us gigging is it's just hanging out. Like mm. it's not even necessarily the playing. Yeah. For me, the, the playing is secondary. It's the hanging out in between. But that's that's why when you are a depth or depths that have joined us, yeah. uh, it must be quite difficult. Yeah, because it's more yeah. prominent. I, I mean, remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Carousel. Yeah. When I joined you, Carousel in London. Oh, was it? I think so. Yeah, it See, was. I mean, the, was it some, Carousel? Or was it somewhere else? I remember there being a really nice Merc parks outside. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the gigs do really roll into posh. roll into one, one when you do that many. Yeah, but I remember uh, getting there and we were all depths, and that's what we were saying earlier is yeah. that it was you had to take control. And I remember the first song, as I do, I like to get a bit Larry, and um, you know playing a little bit. Right. And you looked at me and you're like solo. <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah, and I was just uh-huh. like. 
Here we go. On the spot. <laughs> That's why we're going to enjoy this one. It must have been Le Free, because it must have been... It was, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Okay. I was loving it. It was uh, great. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's yeah. good to know that, like, I can do that. Yeah, good yeah no, I, I do think that there, there's so many things that go wrong and it yeah, only yeah. help in the function and wedding world and just in general like corporate stuff there's so many things that go wrong with the gigs and the the audience will never know because that's how you've got to be a professional yeah. but that has helped me so when i'm doing my artist stuff you know and getting back into that properly it's it's everything else is a water of ducks back yeah do you know what i mean it doesn't matter yeah yeah i find it too yeah definitely it's, it's one of those things isn't it that like you say the more experience you get the easier it gets but also you end up doing shows which might be like a big festival or something it might be a huge show and you find yourself going it's, it's fine it's actually a lot easier because there's a team there doing sound there's right you know all this and that not you know phil does sound usually and he's great but you know what i mean like there's there's a whole team like looking after your monitor mix there's yeah. all this kind of going on yeah. you yeah, find yeah, yourself yeah. going oh it's all right it's yeah. like that should off. be industry standard shouldn't it it should <laughs> yeah it should. But when you've got clowns like me doing your sound. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously we're talking about sound and stuff and weddings. And gigs and shit, yeah. um, how does it feel being the only female in the band? Ooh, good question. I love it. Sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Cocktail sausage fish. I'm right? <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Sorry. <laughs> The gym no, but, you, my head. but this is it. This is like the banter. Do you know what I mean? I'm. To be fair, I'm just used to it now. Yeah, I've definitely got yeah. used to it. We but brought you down think, to our level. Or maybe I brought you down to mine. Yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah, could yeah, be. yeah I wouldn't be surprised. Highbrow until you. <laughs> yeah, I was actually I, highbrow. Highbrow. <laughs> what, mate? I was well highbrow. <laughs> no, I'm used yeah, to it now. Down. I think. Um, but I, I've used to been. I'm Sorry, used Kate. to being around fellas in the music industry it yeah. sounds terrible doesn't it <laughs> but no i'm used to it because obviously it's quite male dominated unfortunately yeah. this industry mm. and i feel like yeah you just get used to it so like if i'm changing i was gonna say because you know people that are in wedding bands or bands in yeah. general a lot of people won't know this either yeah like you, yeah it's funny isn't it you do civilians. get quite intimate of each other without really being able to help it quite quickly because, because yeah well, I mean when you turn up at a wedding and you're, you're setting up and stuff nine times out of ten you, you arrive in your normal clothes yeah and yeah. you have your suit or you have your dress or whatever in the suitcase ready to go whenever singer you're suitcase yeah the singer suitcase of which you've always had an impressive suitcase yes and say actually yeah I, I never really know what's in it yeah. <laughs> But can, just, we, can we get to can we get to this? What what do you have in your suitcase then for your wedding? Okay, pack that. I feel, I feel like every singer has a suitcase because they have their own things in their suitcase. I always prepare. Say, um, first of all, at these weddings, mm. you might not know what the vibe is, so they quite to be might be quite well to do, mm -hmm. quite posh. Yeah. So you might just want to go for something more simple, not simple, but like you might want to fit the vibe of the wedding. A bit more elegant. And this is what you lot don't understand. It's like, if I'm coming out in glitz and tacky sequins, no offence to people that love sequins, because I do love a sequin, but if it's not the vibe, it's not the vibe. So two dresses. Okay, yeah. Um, two pairs of shoes, because if a heel breaks and I'm performing for two hours with trainers on in my dress, mm. I mean, Lily Allen vibes, it's cool, but no. Yeah, done. Um, yeah, okay. 
spanks or like something to suck you in because I tell you what, there's nothing better than having something to suck you in when you're singing. Supports your diaphragm. <laughs> it's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. And also you need some time, you need something to hook on the, if you've got a wireless yeah, pack. Your wireless pack. Yeah, you need yeah. something to hook oh, on. Oh, that's a good idea. Of yeah. which we've all had to do many times to you. Yeah, of Just which... before we go on, you just put this on my... Yeah. On my yeah, ass. That's it. Yeah, next thing the ass comes out. Bosh. <laughs> yeah, because like I might be wearing a dress. It's true. I might be wearing a dress. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bosh. Yeah. I might not wear a bra. It might be, you know, nine times out of ten, I'd wear a dress that you don't need to wear a bra with and okay. you can't see it. But all these little things that the normal guy working in an office wouldn't have to. It's mad, no. isn't it? But well, you yeah. lot know because it's like it's part of the job. We've got well, five with us, to even, go on. even with us, though, like it's like if it's a smart place, we, we wear a suit. If it's a vaguely casual, casual, we wear a suit. If it's if it's casual, we wear a suit. Like there's no like. There might be a tie or a you know yeah. tucked bag. Yeah. yeah. So there's two pairs of shoes. There's maybe a dress or two. Um, there's hairspray, tit tip. Mm-hmm. So like clothes. What's that? Come on, Henny. Henny G, you know, t- like clothing tape. So you, it's like double-sided tape to stick on your clothes. Oh, okay. It's typical performing stuff for girls. And so it like holds you, it holds you in place. Oh, I see. Um, I see. I you get might you. need that. Which is obviously why you obviously didn't have any that gig where your boob did fall out. Boobs, yeah, my oh, boobs. Oh, boob, t- t- plural. Okay. Yeah, when my boobs <laughs> fell out. I so didn't... I've been told that one boob is classy. Two boobs is... Well, that's like, uh, what's it? Um, was it Richard and Judy or something? Her boob fell out on TV or something? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Boobs. That was classy, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? It was one boob. Yeah, one boob. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need, one boob. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it's just show business, isn't it? It's just like, it's tricks of the trade. And then what else do I have in it? Um, a lot of safety pins, um, maybe a belt if I d- didn't bring me spanks and I forgot and I need something to hook on to... You know, mm-hmm. in ears. Um, oh, so for those who don't know what in ears are, we already explained that yet. IEMs, in ear monitors. Yeah, so they're like so little pack that hooks onto your belt. Yeah. And then you have like uh, your earphones, earphones coming out yeah. of it. Yeah. And then yeah. you can hear what's going on, basically. Um, <coughs> yeah. And then maybe some spare knickers. <laughs> for any accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably fake tan because the lights drown, like wash you out sometimes. And more recently, which I know you two have seen, is my glittery puff. You know my glittery puff? <laughs> yeah, you're constantly trying to buff my head with that glittery puff. <laughs> I'm gonna Henry's think... looking at me like, what are you talking about? You know puff? my, I have like a little cylinder and it's a pink glittery puff. It's glitter and it, you dab the puff. Oh, and you put it on your face? It can be, it's body, it can be glitter, so oh, your really? legs sparkly or, yeah. Oh, I'll have I mean, to use that next time. I'd try to put it on Phil's head. In fact, I have done it on... So that'd, it, that'd be like a glitter ball. Christmas it? is coming. Fine, Christmas yeah. is coming. Oh, yeah, I can pop it on your beard. Yeah. But oh, to be fair, all that. these little things that I've I've only I've learnt along the way, you know, they've yeah, yeah. they've come from mishaps or oh yeah. my gosh, I need I need to tip my clothes to my body because my boob's gonna fall out. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh no, I've got nothing. I'm not wearing a bra with this dress. Or you know, typical it's things that have happened, yeah. mishaps, and I've learnt from. So now I'm like, okay. So so one of the things I've learnt is always to take a spare pair of black socks. <laughs> Oh yes, Henry, you need to. Yeah, I don't you know if you hear it, but so is that, so is that a thing? yeah, so so we was we were doing a gig and um, the the time came to get changed. Obviously, I had my just general clothes on, my training. I don't say yeah, white yeah, gen- vans. yeah, white, yeah, white vans, like jeans, t shirt, this that, and that. Yeah, yeah. So it's come to I'm getting changed. I've looked in my bag. I've only got one shoe. 
So I'm thinking, where's where's my other shoe gone? Um, and I'm kind of thinking, like, can I just pull off like the, the Justin Timberlake look, you know, suit, white trainers. I popped them on. I just looked ridiculous. I did not pull it off at all. And everyone's yeah. looking look at me like, you haven't finished getting ready. So I was like, oh, God, what do I do? Doctor Who style. Yeah, so I was rushing around my bag thinking, I know what we used to do back in the day to get mm. into nightclubs when they said no trainers. Oh, is you, that where it came from, Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naughty There's experience boy. in this. Oh, so, so you'd get a pair of black socks. Put them over the trainers. Put them over the trainers. Yeah. Kind of a bugger. Which is what I did. So obviously I did that. And I think it... It, it did the trick. I didn't did notice because I didn't know. It just looked like I had like weird on. suede boots on. I've never thought of doing that. <laughs> Well, you, I, I love go, the way mate, you say there's... weird suede boots, and that's exactly what I wear at these gigs. Well, mate, you, you, I've, oh, yeah, always, you I've always got I've always got white socks on, so I'm like I can't be asked. Well, there you go, mate. If you carry black a, socks, they've always got black, holes in. Black socks in your bag. Surely you have to go a few sizes up. If they're going over your shoes. Nope. Mm, Don't no, no, I didn't. It, it, it worked. They're quite stretchy. Okay. So might have all got holes. So in yeah, them. that's that's a tip for anyone out there. There you go. You heard it Just pop your black socks over your white trainers. Or and that just, goes to any industry. Or just you know, have a checklist. Job. Right, not just <laughs> Not music. just music, yeah, it's just, yeah, any. Well, you, you imagine walking through the office with, with socks over your trainers. But nobody really looks. You, you find out nobody really looks But they shoes. do when you're on stage, that's the type of... <laughs> yeah, that's the time they do But if they, you they rocked look. it, then they wouldn't say anything. But yeah, there's nothing worse than like everyone's rocked up and you haven't got the right thing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the worst feeling, isn't it? Yeah. It's like but, when you turn up and you've forgotten a lead or something. Mm. Right, but if like, anyone can get away with some... You know anyone can get away with something like that is definitely musicians but this is this is also why for people that aren't musicians this is why most bands tend to wear black yeah because it's kind of an appropriate colour for most well, situations hello. hence Look you know you can't, can't get away from yeah, it. it yeah like most of my life I've been in black yeah, and exactly. And I think so it's constantly in morning. It's like a definite musician thing, I, I think, because you're just yeah. so used yeah. to wearing black as a backing band. Session yeah. blacks. Yeah. Yeah. Session so if you haven't, if you haven't got a t- like a, a white shirt, you can wear a black t-shirt under a jacket, or you know, you make it work yeah. somehow. But that's yeah. Again, that's little, the little who's, who's the stylish? Who's the stylish? Most stylish on obviously you, but who's who's the most stylish out of the guys in, in on the, the Alley Cats gig? I'd say probably Josh, isn't it? Josh, I'd say he's man got like Jerome. Jerome's got style as well. Josh has got his. Josh has got his preppy yeah, Farnham yeah. style. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Josh. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> Josh, 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 Josh is our drummer. Josh Cop drums. Um, also, Josh Cap Dining. <laughs> Not as doing a shout out already. I know, right? I'm right. just a guest. I should we be got, shouting people out. Shout out Jerome. But yeah, I think Jake Jerome. Keys. Yeah, Jake Keys. Yeah, everyone else. I think yeah. Jerome's got that kind of like looks. He yeah, loves his he's bow tie. Suave. He's suave as fucking. But yeah, yeah, as a function band, it's really hard to figure out your attire and your look mm. because you don't want to be coming across as cliche or like oh, tacky or mm. that's really difficult. Like the whole mm. sequined thing and mm. everyone in tux is, unless, it look, mm. unless it's clean and smart, yeah. that looks good. But yeah. when it's a bit like... Oh. We ended up speaking so much in this episode that we decided to break it into two. So if you'd like to listen to the second part of this episode, please click the link in the description below or press play on part two on your streaming platform.